When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast. I'm your host, Corey Cohen, and in this episode, we will be talking about the Pitt football team and their win over Duke. 54-29 to was the final score. The Panthers came out on top and uh, moved to 7-2. and two. So overall, this is the best start they have had in years. So let's talk about it. Now, for those of you who watched the game, a lot of it was not pretty, uh, especially on defense. Allowing 29 points from Duke, not ideal. Uh, you look at some of their past uh, few results, their, their results in the ACC so far. North Carolina, they scored 7. Georgia Tech, they scored 27. Virginia, they scored 0. Wake Forest, they scored 7. So to allow 29 points to Duke, not ideal at all. A pretty rough day for the defense uh, overall. And of those 29, 19 came in the first half. So it was looking a little bit dicey there uh, for a little bit for this Pitt football team. Uh, But to be fair, in college football, a win is a win is a win. And there aren't really style points if you're Pitt. In college football, more than just about any other sport, there are style points, uh, but not really if you're at the level that Pitt is. If you're an Ohio State or you're an Alabama, then the style points come into effect because it's going to matter really where exactly you're ranked. For Pitt, it doesn't really matter. All they have to do is just keep winning, and they're going to be ranked roughly where they should be. There's no real concern for them, uh, no real way that they could get into uh, the college football playoffs. So you don't really need style points, especially on the road. When you're on the road in college football, even though it's Duke, you just want to get the victory. And that's what they did. I mean, give them credit. That's what they did. They went out there and they won 54 to 29 was the final score. But we're going to be talking in this episode about takeaways. What can we take away from... Uh, the Pitt versus Duke game. The number one thing, in my opinion, is the defense. The defense is an issue, uh, especially slow starts. As I said, 19 points allowed in the first half, 12 points allowed in the first quarter. I mean, the Panthers were trailing at the end of the first quarter to Duke, and Duke is not a very good football team. So the defense is a major problem, and especially their slow starts. Now, I'm not sure exactly what they need to do, part of it is scheme, part of it is personnel, uh, but this this isn't just a fluke. This isn't just something where, you know, oh, the defense had one bad game. No, the defense has been a problem for a little bit now. They played a great game against Virginia Tech, 
And against Clemson, they played pretty well. I mean, Clemson made some mistakes, and they're having some offensive problems uh, also. But the defensive problems that were there at the start of the season against Tennessee, against Western Michigan and the loss, they showed up again last week against Miami, and they showed up again this week against Duke. And it doesn't seem like they're going away. So that's really going to be an issue to keep an eye out on because, yeah, that this is something that, that could become a very uh, difficult problem for the Panthers if they can't get the defense together because North Carolina, Virginia, and Syracuse are the last three teams remaining on the schedule, and they all can score a ton of points. North Carolina just dropped 58 on Wake Forest. Uh, Virginia, we saw them in their shootout with BYU. They scored uh, 49 points against BYU. Uh, and then Syracuse, not a great football team this year, but you know they can score. They scored 41 against Virginia Tech. They scored 37 against Wake Forest. So all three of those teams can score on you. None of them are in a situation uh, like, say, Clemson, where which is sort of odd that in anything, UNC, Virginia, and Syracuse are in a better position than Clemson. But Clemson has been really struggling offensively. They're trying to figure it out. Uh, UNC, Virginia, and Syracuse all have good quarterbacks and good offenses. So this could be a problem for the Panthers moving forward. So that's one big takeaway. Another big takeaway from the game is that Kenny Pickett is back in form. He had a really good day. Uh, 28 completions, 416 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Plus, he had 57 yards rushing, including one touchdown. He had a big run and uh, into the end zone. He had a really good game. And after not his best against Miami, really the first game all season that he wasn't stellar, he got right back into who he was. And you're never really sure when it comes to college quarterbacks if that one bad game, if they're going to be rattled by it, if it's a sign of things to come, uh, if it's going to send them sort of spiraling. So you're never really sure with college quarterbacks. But the biggest thing you could say about Kenny Pickett this year is that he's got that consistency and he's got that composure. And so, he, yeah, he had one day against Miami where he wasn't amazing. But then he comes right back out and has a, a great game against Duke. And so all the credit in the world to him that he was able to, uh, you know, bounce right back and get back up on the horse and have, a, like I said, a really good uh, afternoon. Uh, so that's another takeaway, that Kenny Pickett is back into Kenny Pickett form. And for the Panthers, that's a good sign. That's a really good sign. Uh, another takeaway in this game is the rushing game. So you had Rodney Hammond, who had 81 yards and a touchdown, averaging over five yards per carry. You had Israel Abanacanda, who had 67 yards averaging for, on 10 carries, so averaging 6.7 yards per carry. And then you had Vincent Davis, who carried the ball four times. He had six yards uh, for one and a half yards uh, per carry. There was also a safety uh, that was attributed to, to Vincent Davis. I'm not, I think there's a place for Vincent Davis in this game. I don't know why they're giving him the ball in some crucial situations. I don't know why when you're backed up against the goal line and you can't afford a safety, you put the smallest guy out there. I just don't get it. It seems really clear that Israel Abanacanda is an excellent running back, that he can do a lot for you, that he can make plays, that he can be reliable. I don't know why he's not the guy out there just about every single down. Uh, and then I could see Rodney Hammond being sprinkled in there, uh, the freshman from Virginia, 
he's obviously really good. He had a touchdown. He had over 80 yards. I could see him in there. I don't understand. They seem to keep going to Vincent Davis, and I don't totally get it. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on moving forward. If they keep relying on Davis or if they shift more to Abanacanda and, and Hammond. It did seem to shift a little bit in that direction in the Duke game, but we'll see if it shifts more. Uh, and one more takeaway from this game. Jordan Addison is so, so good. He might be the best pit wide receiver since Larry Fitzgerald. Might be. And there's obviously a ton of guys since then who have been uh, great and while the list is long, normally the guy you mention is Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, the best pit wide receiver since Larry Fitzgerald. Jordan Addison, though, he can give him a run for his money. I'm not ready to definitively say anything yet because I was in school when Tyler Boyd was there. And I had a, a pretty, you know, upfront and, and close view to the plays that he was able to make. At a lot of those games. And Tyler Boyd was just out of this world. Just incredible. But Jordan Addison is really, really good. I mean, he he really is stellar. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But it does seem like Jordan Addison could be the best pit wide receiver since Larry Fitzgerald. Because you look at the game that he had. Seven receptions. 171 yards. He is such a threat on the long ball that it really allows your offense to have so many options in terms of what you're going to do because Addison is that threat. You know that he can break off a 30, 40-yard catch at any given point. Uh, he had the touchdown. His long in the game was a 47-yard reception. Just a great partnership between Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. And if you're a Pitt fan, you hope that next year when Addison comes back, Kenny Pickett won't be a Pitt that he'll still have a good quarterback and he'll still be able to to get things accomplished because Addison is so good. And that combo between Pickett and Addison, uh, it really is a joy to watch. I mean, they, they really are incredible together. Uh, in terms of what's coming up next, because this Duke game overall it was kind of a weird game. If you're a Pitt fan, you don't feel great about it, but obviously Pitt won and they won big. And so you just sort of take it and you move on. But in a short week like this, where the episode is going to be coming out uh, Tuesday morning and uh, North Carolina plays Pitt on Thursday night, we already have to be looking ahead to this next game. Normally, it's it's early in the week and you're sort of a ways away from the next game. But in this case, UNC is coming up really quick. Uh, this is going to be a huge game. I mean, moving forward, it's crazy how fast the football season has gone by, but there are only three games left in the regular season for Pitt football. Just three games. And they control their own destiny. Not many teams are in a situation where the goal that they want to accomplish is fully within their own control. You don't have to rely on a playoff committee or rankings or some other team to lose. It is fully in their control. All they have to do is win these next three games. And they make it, they win the Coastal, they make it to the ACC championship game. And really, if the ultimate goal is winning the ACC, uh, then you just have to win four games. I mean, it is completely within their control. You win three games, you win four games, you have accomplished your goal. It's entirely up to them. And this game against North Carolina is going to be huge. Because North Carolina still has something to play for. North Carolina 
could win the Coastal. It would take winning out, and that means winning this game, and it would take Pitt losing another game. But North Carolina could win the Coastal. They are not done. And so they're going to be coming into this game with a lot to look forward to and a lot to play for. And again, the only way for Pitt to win and control their own destiny, win the Coastal, is if they just win these three games. They could win the Coastal with a loss to North Carolina, but they would need Miami to lose. They'd have to win. Pitt would have to win the last two. They'd still have to beat Virginia. And then they would also need Miami to lose an ACC game. The only way to have it not in Miami's hands, not in Virginia's hands, not in UNC's hands, is to just win these three games. And obviously that starts this Thursday. Thursday games are always weird. You don't have as much rest. Uh, You're going to have kind of a nation watching. It's sort of a weird uh, setup when it comes to Thursday night games because not too many people are watching college football. But anyone who is watching college football, this is going to be the best game. So there's an opportunity there that if people just want to have a football game on and they want it to be college football, they don't want to watch the, uh, the NFL Thursday night football game. Um, which this week is going to be the Ravens versus the Dolphins, which shouldn't be too competitive. Uh, So if that is the case, you're going to have some eyeballs on you. It's going to be a big game. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, Thursday games are weird, but there's a big opportunity there. Another interesting thing about this uh, is that this Pitt-North Carolina dynamic, it's just really bizarre. Many Pitt fans know that for years... Uh, the Panthers just could not beat UNC when Larry Fedora was the head coach. Uh, finally, Larry Fedora uh, is no longer the head coach at North Carolina. Mac Brown comes in, and Pitt actually is able to beat them. Uh, but we don't know if that's... Uh, it's, it's still always close. I mean, when Pitt was able to beat them last time, it was still close. So this is not going to be a blowout. I'm extremely confident that this is going to be a close game. My only real question is, is who comes out on top? And I'm split. I'm Right now, I'm leaning Pitt, but I could easily see North Carolina winning this game. I think it's just about a toss-up. Uh, I'm like 55-45 leaning toward Pitt winning. But whoever wins, I'm extremely confident that it'll be under a touchdown margin, and I really think it'll be by three points or less. So right now, if I were to pick, I'd say Pitt wins by like a single point. But I could see either team winning, but I think it'll be by one point or by three points or something like that. But it's just always a weird game when it comes to Pitt versus North Carolina. But it's going to be a big game. It's going to be a close game. It's a huge opportunity for the Panthers and a big opportunity for the fans. I mean, it's a Thursday night. It's difficult. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, a uh, nice way to sort of to kick off a long weekend. You can take it easy on Friday and, and start things off with the pit game on Thursday. Uh, I was hoping to be there. Uh, it didn't work out that I'm, you know, that I can't uh, cross the state for this one. But again, it's it's a huge game and this this golden opportunity for the Panthers where if they win this game, then they've got this huge, gigantic, humongous game against Virginia the next week. And then if they win that, then they're looking good. They just have to beat Syracuse, and the Coastal is theirs. But these next two games, the biggest of the season, you absolutely have to win both. 
Uh, and so we'll see. We will absolutely see uh, what happens. But Thursday night football against North Carolina, it'll be really interesting. Uh, we'll be aiming to have another podcast episode recapping that. The hope is to have it out on Friday uh, because weekends are kind of weird. So the hope is to have it out Friday. If not, then we would aim uh, to have it out on Monday. But the goal is we'll, we'll see if we can have it out on Friday. Uh, a quick note before uh, the next episode, by the time this next episode airs, pit basketball season will have started, uh, which is just absolutely bizarre. The pit basketball season is already here. But yeah, pit basketball against the Citadel uh, tip off 7 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, at a later date, we will have a full uh, pit basketball preview, uh, as we have done for a few years now. Uh, but so so that we're not going to dive in too deeply. Uh, at the moment, but I mean, where things are right now, not a great, not a great spot for the program, uh, because when you look at it, you had Justin Champagny and he left early, you know, good for him, uh, completely understand, but now you're without him. Uh, Nike Sabandi was going to take a big step up this year and in the preseason game, he got injured and is out for the season. So that's awful. Um, just a really horrible, horrible thing to have happen before the season even starts that you lose who was, was going to be one of your best players. So he's out for the year. And then Ithiel Horton, who had a big opportunity to take a step up this season, uh, was arrested on the south side uh, just a few days ago. And it's looking like he's been suspended by Pitt until the legal action plays out. Uh, I believe the arraignment is sometime in November. So it could be for the whole season that he's out. It could be shorter than that, depending on what happens in the legal system. But Pitt isn't going to jump the gun on anything. They're just going to wait for that process to play out. Uh, but ultimately, it just puts Pitt in a situation where there's just not much to look forward to. You know, if you even if you like Jeff Capel and you want him to succeed and you're rooting for him, it's just not looking like there's much there this year. Uh, because of the departures and because of the injuries and because of the suspensions. And, and, and when you just add all that up, it just doesn't seem like there's too much to be excited about uh, when it comes to pit basketball. And then on top of that, you, you have the uh, issue where there aren't too many games in the non-conference that you really want to pay attention to. Now, there is going to be one on Friday at West Virginia in a backyard brawl. Uh, basketball, but there's very little chance that Pitt's going to be able to win that one. So normally you'd look forward to the game because you think it's going to be competitive. It's going to be fun. This one will probably be kind of ugly. Uh, after that, UNC Wilmington, Towson, Vanderbilt might be interesting. UMBC maybe, Minnesota maybe as part of the uh, Big Ten Challenge. Uh, and then uh, then they do have an ACC game to, to kick off on uh, – December 3rd will be the first game, and then they're back to non-conference for a little bit, and then back in uh, toward the end of the year in the ACC. So uh, just, like I said, a weird situation. I think basketball, college basketball season, and the NBA for that matter, they always sneak up on you because they start like a month or two into football. And, you know, ideally, I, I would wish, and obviously this would sort of ruin March Madness, I would wish that everything started like a month later, uh, that both the NBA started a month later than it does. The college basketball started a month later than it does. B 
because you know really no one is is thinking too much about college basketball in November. I mean, a lot of people don't even think much about college basketball until March. Uh, but you know, uh, you can you pick up some steam in like February, maybe even a little January. Um, but November is really tough, and it really usually is just getting all the the non conference games out of the way and uh, some tournaments that you play somewhere. But overall, it's not something that uh, too many people are, are paying too much attention to. So we will be covering it. We will have a season preview. Uh, it's it's just going to be a couple of weeks until uh, pit football season sort of settles in because obviously, with especially with how well they're playing, that is the primary focus. Back in you know 2011, yeah, all in on pit basketball. But right now, sort of a rebuilding long-term project, uh, it's just not... Uh, the primary focus like it uh, used to be, you could say. Uh, but we will have a full special preview episode for Pit Basketball soon. Uh, it will still be a preview, but maybe a preview of the ACC schedule. Um, so that'll that'll come up in a couple of weeks. Uh, but you have a chance to, to watch the team for yourself first and uh, get to know some of the players and, and see how they, they play. But again, just not too optimistic. Just a weird situation where, you know, Pit Basketball... Uh, even if you used to root for them like crazy, even if it used to be this huge passion and all that, now a lot of the magic has just come out. A lot of the air has been taken, you know, sucked out of the balloon, and you hope that they're that they're able to to get something back. But uh, last uh, handful of years just has not looked like it. Uh, even if this team just had a chance, just to maybe be a bubble team, that that would be it, and I think people would be you know fairly excited. But it doesn't even look like that most likely is going to be in the cards. And so it's it's tough to get excited for that. But all that said, uh, a basketball preview will be coming. Uh, that'll just be in a couple weeks. Uh, before we go, Panther of the Week, uh, to close out this one, uh, it has to be Jordan Addison. He was absolutely phenomenal again in that game against Duke. Uh, proved that he could be maybe the best pit receiver since Larry Fitzgerald. And that would be saying a whole lot on top of Tyler Boyd. I mean, there were so many great receivers beside Tyler Boyd, but especially uh, Tyler Boyd in that proud history. Uh, it would be a huge compliment. But Jordan Addison, seven receptions, 171 yards. Huge game for him on Saturday. So he gets Panther of the Week. So that will do it for this episode of Unscripted. Uh, you can tune in again we're going to aim for Friday. We'll see. Uh, but after the uh, North Carolina game will be the hope if we can get an episode in. And uh, the best way, though, to know when an episode drops is to just search wherever you're listening to this podcast. Search for Cardiac Hill, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever. Subscribe to Cardiac Hill, and then this podcast will go right to your phone when it's available. Uh, so that would be uh, the best way to know when uh, the next podcast drops. You can also follow me on Twitter at Corey E. Cohen, C-O-R-E-Y-E-C-O-H-E-N. And uh, keep checking out CardiacHill.com for all things pit sports. So until next time, after the UNC game, we'll talk to you then. I'm Corey Cohen, signing off from Unscripted, the Cardiac Hill podcast.